Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Social Ninjas Podcast. Where your hosts, Kyle and Jeremy, have vulnerable conversations with the most successful entrepreneurs in the world to learn how they created and maintained an optimal mental health while building a thriving business. If you are an entrepreneur in the early stages of building your business who wants to learn techniques, tips, and tricks to improve your mental health to keep you and your business running smoothly, you're in the right spot. Quick disclaimer before starting the show. Kyle, Jeremy, and the guests they bring on the show are not health professionals, and what they say should not be used in place of a replacement of medication or your doctor. Enjoy the show! Welcome to the Social Ninjas Podcast. I am your co-host, Kyle Mitchell. Join with me, as always, Jeremy Green. What is up, Jeremy? What's up, Kyle? I'm loving your brand new uh, mic stand you got going on over there. Thank you so much, courtesy of free section on craigslist i'm pretty proud of it (laughs) (laughs) cool and uh there's also courtesy of a new podcast guest today is that true it's very true we have steven hers with us in the studio today in our little virtual studio if you will what's going on steven hey guys how are you nice to see you good as well so, Stephen, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Kind of tell us what you do. Sure. Um, so, I've, I've been a talent agent for the last almost 30 years, representing broadcast media talent, sportscasters, newscasters, TV weathermen, radio hosts, retired athletes, coaches, and, and now even, even a few podcast hosts. So, uh, basically, as a media agent, lawyer turned media agent, and, and over the last few years, I wrote a book and I've been doing a little coaching and training around the principles of the book. That's my life. Don't take yes for an answer, right? Exactly. Exactly. Are you open to dive in in a little bit of like the journey of creating and what's it about for you? Yeah, sure. No problem. Um, So I, I, I'm, I'm almost 55 years old. I'll be 55 in July. And about five years ago when I was turning 50, I had what, um, I, I, I wouldn't call it a midlife crisis. In fact, somebody once, somebody gave me this term, which I think is great. I had a midlife enlightenment uh, as I was turning 50 and saying, well, what else am I going to do with my life? Is this, is this all there is in terms of my career? And thought, I, I just feel like there's other things I could do that would be beneficial to the world. I know it sounds a little hokey, but that was my thought process. We like and, hokey. Uh, all right, well, you're going to get a lot of hokey here then. Uh, and so just in thinking through it, I thought, all right, well, I've been a talent agent. I think I understand communication. I have a lot of coaching in my background in terms of doing it. Why couldn't, instead of giving feedback to a broadcaster, could I give feedback to a lawyer or a dentist or anyone who needs to communicate for their job, which I think is everybody. And so I came up with this idea of how to teach it, started teaching it. And it's based on this precept called AWE, A-W-E, which stands for Authority, Warmth, Energy. It's, it's based on a lot of research of, of how that leads to success, connecting with people through this AWE precept. And in, in doing a, a lecture a few years ago at a bank, a woman got up and said, I love what you're, you're offering here. Where can I buy two copies of your book for my, my children? And I said, well, I, I don't have a book. And she said, well, why not? I said, because I, I just, I never wrote one. I didn't think of it. She said, well, you know, you really should write a book. This is a very cool idea. And I think it can help a lot of people. 
And that night went home, told my wife about it and um, ended up just going into, I mean, we live in an apartment in, into the kitchen on the table started writing away. Basically the, the, the ideas that I had, I was coaching on. And next thing you know, I got an agent and ended up with a book deal with Harper Collins and the rest is history. Before we get into, you know, that core life crisis or what did you call it? Your enlightenment. Um, can you tell us a little more about uh, authoritative warmth energy? Yeah, it, I had read somewhere uh, a while ago that the Carnegie Foundation had done this study back in 1918, so over 100 years ago, about their study on the correlation and the causal relationship between how good you are at your job, the technical part of your job, and, and how correlative that was to success amongst these 15,000 engineers. And the data showed that it was a very minimal correlation, minimal causal relationship, that it was only 15% of your success was based on how good you are at the job, job, you know, that technical part. And, and that rang true to me because I had seen that in my career, not, not just for myself, but really in observing others over the long period that I've been doing this. And I thought, wow, this is really fascinating because the way I interpreted it was that so many people go into whatever field they go into, engineering, uh, teaching, law, medicine, whatever, and, and they do master enough of the technical part of the job that they're good enough at it. And there's a lot of people that are good enough at it. And you really can't tell who's good or who's great. And, and that was never going to be the deciding factor into why one person really rose high in this world and another person plateaued. And so I thought, what's missing? What are people not thinking about? Okay, we're working hard. We're showing up on time. We're diligent. All right, well, let's say everybody's already doing that too. What's going to be the difference? And to me, that's where this awe idea came in, AWE, authority, warmth, energy. It's really the way that people perceive you. And it's kind of the impression you're making on people every day. Little impressions uh, with the bank teller or the drive-in person that's taking your order or the waiter or you know anybody that you come across in your life. And so I think that if people like you, if they trust you, and they want to be around you, you will succeed to the greatest of your ability, assuming you're doing all those other things well, right? If, you, if you're screwing up the other stuff, I probably can't help you. But assuming you're doing all those other things well, if you put this other piece together and people like you, trust you, and want to be around you, that's what awe is. I mean, you think about authority. It's the, it's the stylistic authority. You might know everything about your field, but if you hem and haw and use filler words and have a terrible voice and you, you have bad body language, people are going to detect on you, you have a lot of self-doubt. And so your authority is out the window, even though you have the substantive authority. And then the warmth is this idea of trust. Like whatever you are engaging someone to do for you, in, whether it's giving someone a promotion to, to take on a responsibility in a business, or you're hiring someone to you know, do a root canal for you if you needed it, there has to be a level of trust there. And again, you might have the greatest dental degree and you know how to do all that. But if you don't communicate and make me feel like you care about me and you're interested in my well-being, I'm not going to trust you. And you're not going to have that same level of success or any success. And then the last piece is this E energy, which is not so much your energy, although that's an important part of it. It's really the energetic dynamic that you create with another person or other people in, a, in the room. And if you don't create a good energetic dynamic, people aren't going to want to be around you. And that's another, I think it's a real blind spot for a lot of people to not be aware that they might not be creating the right energetic dynamic. They might not create that trust level in the warmth. 
and their authority is shot. So this is what I'm teaching. And I, I'm not saying it's the be all end all because it's not. It's just another, I think, important tool to, in the toolbox that you really need to have to achieve. Look, if you're an ambitious person and you want to reach your goals and, you're, and reach your potential, th that's what I'm trying to say here. Wow. This uh, makes me think of bo both Jeremy and I both struggled with social anxiety in the past. And I remember when I was struggling, I, I wanted a lot of the things that you're just talking about. I wanted people to you know, trust me. I wanted people to like me. I wanted to have that energetic feel. And I know we have a lot of people listening, you know, struggling with, the, with, with anxiety, social anxiety, um, or, or maybe neither at all, but are wondering, how do you get people to trust you? How do you get people to like you? you know, how can you create that energetic vibe you know, between you and another person? It's a great question. And I will say for the record, I am not a mental health professional and I don't have any degree in that. But in the run up to my book, I did spend a lot of time with a mental health professional, a professor at a school here in New York, Albert Einstein Medical School. His name is Dr. Alec Miller. And he's kind of one of the pioneers in this in this theory of it's called dbt dialectical behavioral therapy and it's actually been very effective in the treatment of anxiety and depression and uh, he's written several books he lectures worldwide on it he happens to be a college friend and in in talking to him about my awe precepts and the way that i go about it he became interested because he said it's very dialectic the way you teach it it's very similar to the way he goes about teaching and helping his patients and so I, I, for me, I think it's just granularity. You just break it into really small pieces. Don't worry, or I, I, this would be my advice. I'm not saying that I'm the be all end all here, but I'm just giving you my opinion to you on social anxiety or anyone who's listening to this. Don't worry about giving this label social anxiety, right? I mean, just break it down into these little pieces. What how does your social anxiety manifest itself for you? And what can you do to, to granularly work on that? So I would say, learning how to make eye contact might be a really important thing for you for social anxiety or maybe talking faster is helpful to you because it, it would kind of hide your self-doubt right so in my book i go through these little tiny things you can do to help make these small little changes in your communication behavior and i i think it helps really i don't want to say cure those issues but for lack of a better word cure those issues I love the micro changes, et cetera. Just breaking it down and one small thing at a time. I see Baby all the steps, time. right? Baby steps. Yeah, that's yeah. what it made me think of. Yeah. So um, I kind of want to go back to the, the um, quarter life or midlife uh, enlightenment. See, I'm trying to get 200, 200 years old, you're going to live. Um, <laughs> Let's hope, right? Yeah. Uh, how did that come? Like, how, how did that come to fruition? Like, how hard was it and what did you do to kind of get um, through it? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't think it was that hard. I mean, I was very lucky. Turning 50 for me, for whatever reason, didn't like make me, you know, depressed or anxious. When I turned 30, I had a lot of anxiety, a lot of existential angst at 30. And then for whatever reason, 40 and 50 have been easier, maybe because I felt more settled in my life by then. But at 50, I mean, I was lucky, you know, I was married. I still am. I have two kids. I'm, I'm, I feel like I have a pretty stable, settled, you know, happy life. Um, and I have a lot of my friends, you know, from childhood. And so that, that part of my life was pretty good. My business was good. So I, I felt like I was playing with the house money, right? And this was just, like I said, what else could I do that I thought would be additive to the world? And 
and it was pretty easy because it's definitely like a very, very um, basic offshoot to what I was already doing. You know, if I have a client who's a newscaster in Seattle and wants to get to the network and I would look at their reel and say, well, here's what I think you need to do to get to the next level, maybe improve your voice, your body language, whatever it might be. That was the same kind of advice I'm now giving to companies that I'm consulting with or CEOs. It's just a different market with, with similar delivery. Hello, this is Kyle, your favorite co-host of the Social Ninjas podcast. Don't worry, I won't tell Jeremy. Uh, I just want to share with you all this really awesome mental health app designed specifically for men. So we all know that mental well-being takes practice, it takes strength, and it takes vulnerability, which for us men is sometimes kind of hard. It's not something that we fix, it's something that we honor and no man needs to do that alone. That's where the Tether app comes into play. It's an area to practice those skills. With the app, you get access to peer programming, content, and a 24-7 support network where you can support other men and be supported yourself. It's not just a place to come when you're having a bad day. It's for every single day, and we celebrate a lot in the app. It's available on the App Store and Google Play Store for free. All you got to do is go check it out. Go download it. It is the Tether app, and that's T-E-T-H-R. Go download it right now, then come back to the podcast and listen. Interesting. Yeah, I like all these little small changes that you're talking about because it just reminds me of a lot of stuff that I had to personally work on. Um, you know, body language, making eye contact, all that stuff was like really foreign to me. What do you see is like, is there one of these tips that's like a, a maybe that's like the really big changer or something that a, a, you see like a lot of people struggle with? Is there one yes. that kind of sticks out? Well, I'm going to answer your question with a kind of a little bit of a sidelight here. So it's, you know, there's that old joke, like if you only had one wish, what would you wish for? I would wish for unlimited wishes, right? That's kind of the, the trick. So I would say that rather than focus on the one granular thing that you might want to improve upon, I would say, how do you develop that self-awareness to be able to actually make those changes? You know, I think the problem for most people, myself included, is you, you make these mistakes in real time. And if you can't correct them in real time, and you're saying, um, and like, and you have bad body language, bad eye contact in the moment, or you have too much energy, too little energy, whatever it is, you've already, you've lost the room or you've lost the other person, right? So I think the trick to it all is to start to develop what I call hyper external awareness. I think it's a really good trick. And it's this idea that if I told you right now that Kyle, you have this one problem, whatever X, X it is, you have this bad body language, you don't, um, you, you always fold your arms in front of other people, right? You just have this very negative way about you. And um, so you say, oh, great. That's, thank you very much. You've really helped me. You've, you've targeted something. But now you go out to a party or, uh, you know, post-COVID and you're socializing and you just have had this bad habit for the last 25 years and you can't help it. You keep folding your arms. So that's not enough to change the problem. So this idea of hyper-external awareness is this idea of forgetting about thinking about changing yourself. That'll come later. 
But what it'll come with is through you becoming hyper aware of other people that have this bad body language issue. And so when you start to take note of all the other people in your orbit that have this problem, it'll start to annoy you because you know it's something you want to change about yourself. And then that constant reminder that you have will serve as this amazing feedback loop. And once you start, and I, I, I use that example of the folded arms because that was a problem I had. Now when I go to a wedding or I'm going anywhere, I, I, I am so aware of anybody who's got their arms folded like this. And the minute I see it, I'll go like this. And I, I'll never fold my arms anymore ar around other people unless I'm freezing cold and then I'll do it for a second or two. I love that. And that reminds me of projections also, the idea that we don't like the things and other people that we don't like in ourselves, but it's using that awareness to help us. For, for me, actually, it, is exactly. I would talk too fast and then I would make a lot of, I didn't know what I was saying. So I, by talking slower, I have more time to think about what I'm going to say. Plus it actually establishes more of a authoritative um, demeanor. Like, like I actually know what I'm going to say. And I mean, I can go on and on about how I want to say things quicker because I'm scared people aren't going to care what I have to say. That's another level of, to it. I find fascinating. What are your thoughts? Well, you touch upon something I think is interesting, which is this fine line between self-awareness and self-conscious, right? And so I, I try in, in my coaching and in my own life, I try to stay on the line of self-awareness and, and not to go over the line of self-consciousness. So look, we're, we're all different. We all have our own strengths and weaknesses. Nobody's ever going to be perfect. You might talk too fast. I might talk too slow, whatever it might be. But you kind of have to accept yourself for the most part. You can't be so, self, I'm not talking about you, but one, I don't think it's healthy for anyone to be so self-conscious. That's why I really like this idea of, of this hyper external awareness, because it's taking away the judgment from yourself. Using, like you said, using other people to become aware of these things. And then you kind of, you're not even sort of focusing it back on yourself. It's, I feel like it happens automatically. For example, in my book, I talk about this guy who works for me who had this horrible habit of using the word like all the time. And he couldn't stop it even after I told him, you use the word like all the time when he asked me for feedback. And to his credit, he was kind of the first person that I used this hyper external awareness thing. on. I thought about it because of the struggles he was having. And within literally three days, he stopped saying the word like, and he hasn't said it in probably four or five years. This makes me think, uh, and maybe you don't know the answer to this, but I'm going to ask you, like, why do we have these little uh, tendencies? Like, for, for example, like the crossed arm thing, like for me, that's really relatable because like I, I feel comfortable when I do that. Like uh, the other day I went inside to Papa John's to pick up a pizza and I was sitting there waiting and I kept feeling the need to like want to cross my arms. But I was like, no, I don't want to cross my arms. I remember just sitting there thinking, like, why do I want to cross my arms so bad? Like, why does it feel so uncomfortable to have my hands by my side? Do you know why that is? I mean, look, I, I think a lot of our behaviors, a lot of our communication behaviors are just habit and also imitation. So, you know, people cross their arms for a lot of reasons. They might cross their arms because it makes them feel secure in their body because there's a certain insecurity that we, you know, we all have at times. So this makes you feel more secure. You're holding yourself tight. It's kind of a defensive posture of sorts. You also might have developed that habit because you were cold when you were little, you were skinny and you, you were cold. So you started doing that or your mother or father did it or, 
well, right. I mean, there's a million reasons for it. And, and, and most of it's, you know, harmless. But I think as we get older, and if we instill a lot of those habits that can turn off other people, because look, at the end of the day, if someone crosses their arms in front of you when you're talking to them, you're, this is going to be a, a, often a subconscious turn off that you're going to feel for them. It's just the way we're wired, I think. I, I was going to say something similar, like in caveman, cavewoman days, it's, it's actually uh, very vulnerable to have our arms not crossed. So it's like a protectant. And I love that you said, if you see someone else with the arms crossed, you, you could get offended because it's like basically saying subconsciously that you don't trust you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, it's, it's any number of reasons. I think what I try to do w with my work and in the book is I try to separate out the subjective from the objective. Right. So like, for example, you have a beard or a goatee here and, 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 and maybe there are some people that just hate beards. Right. And so that's subjective and, and you may not get a job because of that. And then there are other people that love beards and they may not hire me because I don't have one, you know, but that you can't control. So I, I think you want to try to find the objective qualities that most people will have a similar reaction to um, in terms of your communication. So I think most people are turned off by filler words. That's, that's just like a very easy example. Yeah. So one question we like to ask all our guests is if you had the ability to send one message to everybody in the world, what would it be? You know, I have to tell you guys, I listened to a few of your podcasts before to prepare for this one. And you had the guy on from Gym Guys, who is a, quite an interesting character. And uh, I, 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 I thought he had some, some really, really positive, great messages and some I'm not sure I agreed with. But I, I would say that <laughs> life is not a one size fits all thing. That's what I took away from that. And I think it's true of everything. Don't judge yourself by everybody else. Be the best version of yourself you can be. Keep your own score. I, I don't really think that we should be looking at people in, an, in a way of idolatry, right? Like I wrote a book, who cares? Like maybe you don't want to write a book. Maybe it doesn't mean anything to you. It doesn't make me better than you. Uh, you know, if, if you get up at 3.45 in the morning, good for you. That's great. If LeBron James makes sleep the most number one priority in his life because he knows it helps him recover and the guy's never had an injury in his whole career, then that's great if he gets up at 10 a.m. God bless him. Like, I just think that we have to be careful about taking other people's advice and thinking that life is a one-size-fits-all approach. And I would even say that for my book. I've said that, you know, if this thing resonates with you, go ahead and buy it. I hope you do and read it and like it. But it might not be for you. It might not resonate. And then, therefore, you shouldn't buy it. So well said. I agree yeah. so much. I love that message because <laughs> I've, I've fallen in that trap before where it's like, oh, this person's saying to do this and then I hear somebody else say something else and I'm like, well, I need to do this and that and that and it just like becomes overwhelming. It's like, well, I'm not all these people. Like, I just got to do what works for me. Well, that's, that's kind of the, the interesting thing about, I think, your podcast is that you guys talk about mental health and I think so much of people's mental health healthiness or lack of mental healthiness, that's even a word, is this idea of comparing yourself to other people in all these different forms and variables, whether it's, you know, the, the, the way people talk about, oh, everyone has this perfect life on Facebook or Instagram, or, you know, this guy gets up at 345 in the morning, so I'm not as good as him because I didn't get up at 345 and, 
I think it's all, with all due respect, I think it's all a bunch of bullshit. You know, I really do. And I think it's very toxic for the culture. And so I, I think that if you can figure out a way, you know, again, you guys are in your 20s, I'm in my 50s. And I wish I knew this when I was in my 20s. Keep your own score. Keep your own score. Like, don't look at the scoreboard of anybody else. Like, if you're living a good life and you're happy with your life, if your podcast has a thousand listeners and someone else has a hundred thousand, but you have the right thousand listeners for you, you guys are winning. You're winning because you're keeping your own score. And if someone else has a hundred thousand, good for them, but that's their scoreboard. And you cannot fall into that trap. You got to figure out what you want out of life and what your own goals are. And I think stay in that lane. That's, that's my advice. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Com compare despair. That's what I always say. Well, thank you so much for coming on our podcast. If uh, someone would like to purchase your book or find you on social media, where might they look? So the book is available on Amazon or, on, you know, Barnes and Noble, any bookstore, or you can just go to my website, www.stephenhers.com and order through there. And if you want to find me on you know, Twitter, LinkedIn, uh, you know, God, I don't know, Facebook, any of those things, they can just access that all from www.stephenhers.com. Uh, so to just make it easy for your, for your listeners. And um, if anybody listens to this and reads the book and has any follow-up questions, you can always hit me via email through that site as well. Beautiful. Thank you so much for coming on the Social Ninjas podcast. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. I really appreciate it. Let's take a picture before I forget. Ready? One, two, three. God, we look so good. I love when we include this in the recording. Anyway, see you all next week. <laughs>